Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, all good preaching is Christ-centered, and today Jesus preaches a good sermon on the mount. Jesus preaches to his disciples and the crowd who are gathered around him. So Christ, Christ is their center of listening. All good sermons are Christ-centered from the one who preaches them and Christ-centered for the sake of the ones hearing them. And as we approach our text today, like his ascension into heaven to sit at the right hand of God, our Lord's earthly ascension into the mountain is to sit before his people that he might teach them, that he might teach them who is the Christ before their judgment, that the Christ would preach to them and that they would hear the Christ's teaching. What the crowd and disciples receive from Jesus is in the spirit of John's preaching of repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Christ's hands, this preached word is fulfilled and full of promise. The people see the perfect, the perfect man in Jesus who is able to keep the law, and they see in Jesus the very Son of God able to make good gospel promises. In Jesus' preaching from the mountain, we see visually John decrease while Jesus increases. The literal ascent of Jesus marks most clearly that John's preparations for preparing his way are now complete as the king of heaven has entered his earthly dwelling place. The only question which remains is how repentance will look like now that Jesus is at hand. A theological point. In repentance, you are to be terrified by your sins. We call this contrition. A contrite person, as you know, is someone whose conscience is burdened. Perhaps, hopefully, you've experienced that. For us Christians, we understand our burden as sin. And sin is way more serious than just a bad feeling. Under the law of God, we are condemned for our sins, and we cannot be saved. When left in our sins, God's law is merciless since he demands a perfection unattainable by sinful people. Christ's forgiveness of our sin is the only way to God's mercy. Now, the other side of repentance is faith born of the gospel. Faith is born of absolution, believing that for Christ's sake, your sins are forgiven. St. Paul writes, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Today, the Christ comes to a crowd and to his disciples and even to you, whose number of sins and imperfections are as terrible as the day is long. Their burdens are similar to yours, maybe not in kind, but in merit. You have not only inherited your sin, but you've earned a multitude of sins, just as I have. Your sins have come from life's credit hours 
but their end you will never graduate from until your heavenly homecoming. What are these people to do? What are you to do? What am I to do when Christ comes today to preach? Listen. Listen. Hear the word of Christ, and by the gospel, be born anew. Jesus preached to believers and unbelievers who followed him. His word brings life from death. For the believer, Christ's word is a repentance callback. Call back into the promises given and delivered to you. And for the unbeliever, a repentance call into, into the promises of Christ. So when we encounter the so-called beatitudes of Jesus' own words today in our text, what is truly visited upon us is a declarative proclamation of what the King of Heaven will do on behalf of of us, his earthly servants. To give a biblical illustration, the church's first statement of the gospel declared in Genesis is from this sermon of Jesus becoming realized as it is born from the very word of Christ in their midst. To put it another way, in Genesis, the first gospel from God was the promise of a savior from the seed of a woman. We know that woman is Mary, and we know her seed, her offspring, is Jesus, who is now before us from Matthew's gospel, creating faith in the crowd and the disciples as he teaches from the mountain. And as the gospel of Genesis would seem to be man's work of procreating until that perfect child would be born, sorry, it's none of you or I, The reality of Jesus' entrance into the world by way of the Holy Spirit is far greater than we could ever have imagined. Far greater than our reason and comprehension of the mysteries of God is God himself at work on your behalf. Which brings us back to our scripture for today. Far greater than aspiring to the Beatitudes is to hear And believe that they speak of Christ with you. There are three kinds of people who might interpret today's gospel lesson. There's the sinful, self-justifying ones, who look at today's list of those beatitudes and might say something to themselves of this sort. I can receive those blessings, even though I'm not always poor in spirit. And yeah, sometimes I seek to satisfy my own desires, And my heart, well, sure, isn't always pure. But overall, I think I'm doing pretty good. And you know what? How sinful could I be? I'm at church. Then there's the downtrodden ones. The ones who look at today's list of Beatitudes and say, I wish God would bless me since I do feel poor in spirit. Drained out by everyone's expectations of me. But I can't be comforted. I can't be satisfied. I can't see God loving me because I'm actually having quite a chore loving myself. Then there's the Lutheran ones. The Lutheran way to look at today's gospel is to see in yourself both. The Lutheran way to look at today's gospel is to say that you see yourself 
as that sinful, self-justifying person. You confess that knowingly and unknowingly you are dismissive of the blessings God gives you. And you repent and you believe that Christ is with you to forgive you and to give you faith. The Lutheran way to look at today's gospel is to say that you see yourself as the downtrodden person too. You confess that knowingly and unknowingly you have not trusted in God and have made this life's worries your God that you worship. You have made anxieties your idol and given them more power over you than they actually have. And you repent and you believe that Christ is with you to forgive you and give you faith. The Lutheran way to this text is not an arrogant way, actually the opposite. The Lutheran way is Christ's way for you. And Christ's word for you in the Beatitudes is overwhelmingly a gospel for you, an absolution, his forgiveness made perfect in you. As Christ said to St. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, adding that theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What he is saying is that all of these bad beatitudes, these marks of blessing, are in fact his gifts to you. His gifts to you through himself. That you belong to him, and that therefore you belong to his kingdom. So where do we have our boasting? We boast in our weaknesses by boasting in Christ, Christ whose power rests in us. Far greater are these words of Christ than a checklist of Christian responsibilities in order to get into heaven. These words of Christ wrap you up in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, which are all for you and for your sake. The culmination of all of heaven, all comfort, all earth, all satisfaction, all mercy, all sight, all called sons of God is Jesus Christ with all of his blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins and the rescue of your sinful and downtrodden souls. This Lutheran way of walking with the Lord is not without revile and persecution of those who utter all kinds of evil against you, and falsely so on Christ's account. For we heard in our epistle text, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Some of you have experienced the folly of this world more than others. Those who oppose the Christ, the one who died for you. But when you know how much God loves you, how he went to the cross for you. You can stand against all kinds of evil. When you know how much God loves you, know that it also makes the devil quite angry and more ready to attack you. And he attacks through means too, through people of the world, through things in this life that frustrate you, who increase your anxiety. Remember that Satan only wants you in hell. And he is out hunting you for sport. 
His game is to tempt you to embrace this world and its many sinful offerings as your blessing. To look at the world's gifts and to call those true blessings when they are nothing of the sort. The world has many pleasures which undermine God and make you happy, but they, all these things, are a false joy. Not so with Jesus. What Christ has for you is no game. It's a true reward. That to enter into Christ's presence in heaven is far greater than whatever tempts you on earth. Once more, the wisdom of Paul and Paul on Christ's blessings. He writes in Ephesians, Blessed be, God and fa- blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Yes, before the foundation of the world, Christ has chosen you to love, to bless, and to bring to himself, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Amen.